This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. Something rather historic happened yesterday afternoon in Washington, D.C. With all of the chaos going on in Afghanistan with Joe Biden, with our economy reeling because of the things that Joe Biden and the administration are doing, with China threatening a military takeover of Taiwan because Joe Biden and the administration are now showing that we are a weak America, and with Marxist ideology and totalitarian thought being disseminated throughout our nation, and with several successful and efficient therapies available for people who are infected with COVID-19. And with millions of people of all ages and ethnicities successfully beating COVID-19 over the past year and a half, including yours truly, Joe Biden touted the rushed, fast approval of the Pfizer vaccine that the political technocratic organization that is the heart of the Holy Trinity of medical Marxism that technocratic trinity being the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA. And yes, they have rushed out this FDA approval faster than any past vaccine or drug in American history. And so Joe Biden is now putting massive pressure on his public-private partnerships, which, by the way, is what is called corporatism or fascism. And he's putting pressure on them to do the following. That is all of the corporations and private industries. He's putting pressure on them to do this. And I quote from Joe Biden, quote, Today I'm calling on more companies in the private sector to step up the vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people, Biden said. And then he continued to read from his teleprompter, quote, If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Do what I did last month, requiring employees to get vaccinated or face strict requirements, end quote. So Joe Biden and his administration are telling businesses and corporations to ignore the Constitution and require their employees to get vaccinated, which of course will lead to another vaccine and another vaccine and then tracking and tracing. Businesses and corporations must do this according to Joe Biden. They must circumvent the Constitution. The man who has completely fumbled and crashed everything in our foreign policy, everything in our national policy, everything that has anything to do with this nation is now mandating that you must do his will because he knows better than you. So if you are a business or a corporation, you must circumvent the Constitution or those businesses and corporations will face certain punishment from the federal government. Totalitarianism is here, folks. The Trojan virus is in our operating system, as if we were a computer, and it is wrecking havoc on our old systems. Because a new system is on the way. And it has been less than a year since the Pfizer vaccine rolled out. And now Joe Biden is saying that you must take the rushed-approved Pfizer vaccine. You must take it. It needs to be mandated by corporations and businesses. 
It was just yesterday, though, that one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world questioned what the Biden administration and the FDA just did. So what I'm going to do now is that I'm going to read for you an article from Dr. Doshi of the British Medical Journal, and the article can be found in our notes. Now, I know that this article might be kind of long and dry and sciencey for some of you, uh, but please stick with me. This is important that you both read this article or at least hear this article and maybe go back and listen to it again, just even this part that I'm reading, because you need to have your ducks in a row to push back effectively against what is happening right now to America. So in the British Medical Journal, dated August 23rd, 2021, Dr. Doshi writes the following. On July 28th, 2021, Pfizer and BioNTech posted updated results for their ongoing Phase 3 COVID-19 trial. The preprint came almost a year to the day after the historical trial commenced, and nearly four months since the companies announced vaccine efficacy estimates, up to six months. But you won't find 10-month follow-up data here. While the preprint is new, the results it contains aren't particularly up-to-date. In fact, the paper is based on the same data cutoff date, 13th March 2021, as the April 1st press release, and its top-line efficacy result is identical, 91.3%. Vaccine efficacy against the symptomatic COVID-19 through up to six months of follow-up. The 20-page preprint matters because it represents the most detailed public account of the pivotal trial data Pfizer submitted in pursuit of the world's first full approval of a coronavirus vaccine from the Food and Drug Administration. It deserves careful scrutiny. Since last May, we've heard that Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines are 95% effective, with even greater efficacy against severe disease. 100% effective, Moderna said. Whatever one thinks about the 95% effective claims, even the most enthusiastic commentators have acknowledged that measuring vaccine efficacy two months after dosing says little about just how long vaccine-induced immunity will last. Quote, we're going to be looking very intently at the durability of protection, end quote, Pfizer's senior vice president, William Gruber, an author on the recent preprint, told the FDA's advisory committee last December. The concern, of course, was decreased efficacy over time. The author of the article continues, quote, warning immunity, end quote, is a known problem for influenza vaccines with some studies showing near zero effectiveness after just three months, meaning a vaccine taken early may ultimately provide no protection by the time the flu season arrives some months later. If vaccine efficacy wanes over time, the crucial question becomes what level of effectiveness will the vaccine provide when a person is actually exposed to the virus? Unlike COVID vaccines, influenza vaccine performance has always been judged over a full season, not a couple of months. 
And so the recent reports from Israel's Ministry of Health caught my eye. In early July, they reported that efficacy against infection and symptomatic disease fell to 64%. By late July, it had fallen to 39%, where Delta is the dominant strain. This is very low. For context, FDA's expectation is of at least 50% efficacy for any approvable vaccine. Now, Israel, which almost exclusively used Pfizer vaccine, has begun administering a third booster dose to all adults over 40. And starting 20th of September 2021, the U.S. plans to follow suit for all fully vaccinated adults eight months past their second dose. The author continues, quote, Enter Pfizer's preprint. As an RCT reporting up to six months of follow-up, it is noticeable that evidence of waning immunity was already visible in the data by the 13th of March 2021 data cutoff. Quote, from its peak dose to, end quote, the study authors write, quote, observed VE, vaccine efficiency, that's VE, declined from 96% to 90%, from two months to less than four months, then to 84% from four months to the data cutoff, which to my calculation was about one month later. But although this additional information was available to Pfizer in April, it was not published until the end of July. Dr. Doshi continues, quote, And it's hard to imagine how the Delta variant could play a real role here, for 77% of trial participants were from the United States, where Delta was not established until months after data cutoff. Waning efficiency has the potential to be far more than a minor inconvenience. It can dramatically change the risk-benefit calculus. And whatever its cause, intrinsic properties of the vaccine, the circulation of new variants, some combination of the two or something else, the bottom line is that vaccines need to be effective. Until new clinical trials demonstrate that boosters increase efficacy above 50% without increasing serious adverse events, it is unclear whether the two-dose series would even meet the FDA's approval standard at six or nine months. Dr. Doshi continues, The final efficacy time point reported in Pfizer's preprint is from four months to the data cutoff. The confidence interval here is wider than earlier time points because only half of trial participants, 53%, made it to the four-month mark. And mean follow-up is around 4.4 months. This all happened because starting last December, Pfizer allowed all trial participants to be formally unblinded and placebo recipients to get vaccinated. By 13th of March 2021, 93% of trial participants were unblinded, officially entering open-label follow-up. The author continues, Despite the reference to six-month safety and efficacy, in the preprint's title, the paper only reports on vaccine efficacy up to six months, 
but not from six months. This is not semantics. As it turns out, only 7% of trial participants actually reached six months of blinded follow-up. So, despite this preprint appearing a year after the trial began, it provides no data on vaccine efficacy past six months, which is the period Israel says vaccine efficacy has dropped to 39%. It's hard to imagine that less than 10% of trial participants who remained blinded at six months, which presumably further dwindled after the 13th of March 2021, could constitute a reliable or valid sample to produce further findings. And the preprint does not report any demographic comparisons to justify future analysis. My own commentary is, how is that a scientific study? It's a univariate sample. The author continues, and I quote, With the U.S., the United States, awash in news about rising cases of the Delta variant, including among the fully vaccinated, the vaccine's efficacy profile is in question. But some medical commentators are delivering an upbeat message. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, who is on Pfizer's board, said, quote, Remember, the original premise behind these vaccines were that they could substantially reduce the risk of death and severe disease and hospitalization. And that was the data that came out of the initial clinical trials, end quote. Yet the trials were not designed to study severe disease. In the data-supported Pfizer's EUA, the company itself characterized the severe COVID-19 endpoint results as, quote, preliminary evidence. Hospital admission numbers were not reported, and zero COVID-19 deaths occurred. In the preprint, high efficiency against, quote, severe COVID-19, end quote, is reported based on all follow-up time. One event in the vaccinated group versus 30 in the placebo. But the number of hospital admissions is not reported, so we don't know which, if any, of these patients were ill enough to require hospital treatment. And on preventing death from COVID-19, there are too few data to draw conclusions. A total of three COVID-related deaths, one on vaccine, two on placebo, there were 29 total deaths during blinded follow-up, 15 in the vaccine arm, 14 in the placebo. The crucial question, however, is whether the waning efficacy in the primary endpoint data also applies to the vaccine's efficacy against severe disease. Unfortunately, Pfizer's new preprint does not report the results in a way that allows for evaluating this question. Now, folks, you might be asking yourselves right now, how can we trust this? That's a good question to ask. Well, the author, Dr. Doshi, then asks this question. Approval imminent without data transparency or even an advisory committee meeting? 
He goes on, Last December, with limited data, the FDA granted Pfizer's vaccine an emergency usage authorization, enabling access to all Americans who wanted one. It sent a clear message that the FDA could both address the enormous demand for vaccines without compromising on the science. A, quote, full approval, end quote, could remain a high bar. But here we are, with the FDA reportedly on the verge of granting a marketing license 13 months until the still ongoing two-year pivotal trial with no reported data past 13th March 2021. Unclear efficacy after six months due to unblinding. Evidence of waning protection irrespective of the Delta variant and limited reporting of safety data. Now, it's not helping matters that FDA now says it won't convene its advisory committee to discuss the data ahead of approving Pfizer's vaccine. Here, the author states parenthetically, last August, to address vaccine hesitancy, the agency had, quote, committed to use an advisory committee composed of independent experts to ensure deliberations about authorization or licensure are transparent for the public, end quote. Prior to the preprint, in the author's view, along with a group of around 30 clinicians, scientists, and patient advocates, was that there were simply too many open questions about all COVID-19 vaccines to support approving any this year. The preprint has, unfortunately, addressed very few of those open questions and has raised some new ones. I reiterate our call. Quote, slow down and get the science right. There is no legitimate reason to hurry to grant a license to a coronavirus vaccine. End quote. The author continues. The FDA should be demanding that the companies complete the two-year follow-up as originally planned, even without a placebo group. Much can still be learned about safety. They should demand adequate controlled studies using patient outcomes in the now substantial population of the people who have recovered from COVID. And regulators should bolster public trust by helping ensure that everyone can access the underlying data. End quote. Dr. Peter Doshi, senior editor, the British Medical Journal. Now, I'm sorry to say this, but based upon Dr. Doshi's well-researched and reasoned opinion, it appears that you have the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine with, by the way, Pfizer being a corporate member of the World Economic Forum, you have the FDA approval due to political reasons and not due to past best practices and methodologies for drug and vaccine approval. That is what Dr. Doshi of the British Medical Journal is warning about. This was rushed. And it had a political purpose for the federal government to gain control and power over American citizens, to begin to put the squeeze on American citizens, to begin to put the squeeze on corporations, to use the corporate sector, travel, and education to bully American citizens into getting the vaccine or face discrimination. Medical apartheid. 
This progresses into digital tracking and tracing very soon, folks. Knowing who you are around. Knowing what they've done. Having no privacy. This is the way it's like in China. This is the way it's going to be in New Zealand, in Saudi Arabia, even in Israel and in Europe. You see, this doesn't stop at a virus. This is a Trojan horse virus, and all of the totalitarian overreach that this fascistic autocratic move will come after this if we don't say no to the overreach. The Nazis had a phrase that covered all of the abuses by the German government under Hitler. Quote, it's for your safety. End quote. The BBC documentary Orwell, A Life in Pictures, makes a point of highlighting Orwell's warning to what he saw as a fast, corporatizing, socializing, authoritarianizing, totalitarianizing world. In the film's final dramatized scene, Orwell himself makes the following ominous prediction. Quote, There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party, but always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who's helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.